Hi, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. Glad to be talking on this episode with comics creator Tom Feaster. Uh, Tom, welcome. Welcome to the show, and thanks for saying yes. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm flattered to be asked. Yeah, yeah. I see a, uh, a shiny globe over your shoulder with an yeah. Eisner E on it. Um, so please tell us about that to lead off a bit of the conversation. Uh, that is an Eisner for uh, Best New Series for Ex Machina. It's an old one now. I love uh, it. I love it. Um, my son actually is, he's 19 and just found out last week that I won an Eisner, even though it's been sitting in my office for most of his life. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I was, uh, of course, looking up some of your work for our talk. And you mentioned 2005, and it does not feel, I, I'm sure to you it doesn't feel like this either, but it doesn't feel like that long ago that Ex Machina was uh, being made and love that story and uh, that kind of high concept storytelling. It feels like a week ago and also a thousand years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so many things do in the 2020s, it seems, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll also mention, so uh, you've taken the role of penciler, inker, cover artist, uh, which is no joke being on the cover of a book. They, they don't just put anybody on the cover of a book. Um, and so you, you've done those things with Ex Machina, with Legion. And then one of my favorites is kind of the, the corner pocket of the DC Legion uh universe which is uh the justice league adventures you did oh, yeah. uh, some work for that once upon a time i believe yeah that was a one-off that was um that was uh, uh it was a weird one yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> a, l a little bit of a different uh style there with the bruce tim animated sort of take well you know that's um you mentioned, you know, doing a lot of different things. Um, that's kind of a holdover of when I first started working professionally as an artist full time. Um, I was starting an animation. Mm -hmm. And at the time, my day job was working as a uh, an optician at LensCrafters. And uh, I met somebody who um, was a local animation studio. And they had a project where they basically needed anyone who could hold a pencil or a brush to ink, um, I believe it was a Scooby-Doo interstitial for Cartoon Network. Nice. And so, um, you know, I took in my portfolio and, and went in and um, inked Scooby-Doo for a couple days. Um, and the what I learned while I was there was that the more things you knew how to do, the longer you got to stay there working on other freelance projects. And so, um, you know, if the choice was learning how to do something new or going back to work at LensCrafters, I was hungry to learn whatever they were going to teach. Mm -hmm. And so I learned how to ink. I learned how to tween, which uh, an animation term. Um, and I learned uh, how to shoot pencil tests, just anything I could as an excuse to stay around. And uh, I basically have worked full time as an artist since. And nice. I applied that same kind of idea of learning every step in the process to comics. So that way, when work in one area dried up, I could pick up work as, you know, an inker or a colorist or I've done lettering. You know, the only thing I haven't done in comics, I haven't 
uh, done any writing and I haven't done any um, editing, but mm-hmm. I've done pretty much everything else. Yeah, as I was saying, your roles, I was thinking, I think he's done these other things too. So it's you're a very versatile person. And uh, even the difference between something like, as I mentioned, the Justice League Adventures, which is smooth, fluid, and animated style, and Ex Machina, which is very like uh, much, much more line work, it, it feels like, and extremely detailed and lots of textures. Um, uh, you, you have a really nice range in that way that I enjoy a lot. Well, again, it was all about, you know, staying employed and and keeping money coming in. And, um, you know, just as an artist, you want to be able to do a lot of things uh, just to grow your skill set. And I also like the idea of um, if I know what the guy who is inking has to do, then it's going to make me a better penciler. And if I know what the guy who... Uh, is coloring something has to go through then it's going to make me a better inker and 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 on down the line and, and again that was something i picked up from animation is you know if i knew what problems were faced by a uh you know the guy doing the cleanup pencils then i worked a little harder when i was doing my tweens to make things perfectly clear for what needed to be done for the next guy down the line yeah yeah so um, I'm gathering, were you a comics reader as a young person? Is that part of what drew you into the medium? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I was always crazy about superheroes and, and comics. And, and um, you know, from from an early, early age, my, my you know, earliest memories are, uh, you know, Spider-Man and Batman and, and playing with those Mego figures when I was a kid. And, um, you know, the whatever comic books my mom would hand me to keep me quiet on a car, car drive somewhere. Um, you know, it, it, I was, I was just hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know a lot of the interactions and collaborations are sometimes kind of through the mail, through email, through different means um, along the way in the industry, were there people that you connected with that were especially positive, supportive, like those warm experiences of collaboration? Um. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was, uh, again, I was working in animation and uh, I was uh, connected with a couple guys down in Macon, Georgia at a studio called Jolly Roger Studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, around the time that animation work was kind of drying up, they had an opening at Jolly Roger, which was a comic studio with uh, Tony Harris of Starman, Ray Snyder, uh, Dan Jolly, Drew Johnson, uh uh, I think that was it for the crew that was there when I was invited to join. And it was about an hour and a half drive from Atlanta, but I would commute down there and often just crash on the couch or, you know, somebody would give me a couch in their apartment to crash in for a night or two. And uh, and that's really where I started working in comics and, and working, um, you know, just around other people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'll say even before that, when I was a kid, my mom got a tour of Marvel Comics. I was around 11 at the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we took a, a bus up to New York City. And um, as soon as we got there, they told us um, all the artists and writers uh, work from home. So we're not going to meet anyone. So I was immediately disappointed because mm. <laughs> um, it was basically an office space. Um, but then at the end of the tour, uh, my mom mentioned to the receptionist who had taken us around that I was a big fan of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, G.I. Joe was the comic that really set the hook for me as a collector. 
Um, and so she said, oh, well, Larry Hama is in his office. Let me see if he has a minute to talk to you. So they walked me back to Larry's office and it was this tiny little room and he actually shared it with another person. Uh, and I just remember it being just packed with papers. Like any place that you could jam papers was just <laughs> packed with stuff. Um, and so they took me back to, to meet Larry and uh, he couldn't have been nicer. Nice. And he, nice. um, he started handing me just pulling comic books from, you know, nooks and crannies around his office and gave me a copy of GI Joe number one and signed it for me. And just, you know, I walked out of there with a, a small stack of, of comics. And um, at the time, the big storyline was who killed the hard master. Um, and he told me who the killer was and, and swore me to secrecy. And I never told anyone, but uh, that experience um, changed my life. You know, he, Larry mm -hmm. took, you know, five minutes of his day and spun my head around. And um, that was all I wanted to do after that. And, and um, so uh, that, and then I had a, an excellent teacher uh, when I was in junior high who um, it was the only year that this man taught at our school. Uh, he was an art teacher, but he was also a professional artist. And uh, he was very different for our school. He was the first African-American teacher that my school had. Uh, but the thing I remember most of all is he, he would play records in the back of his, in his room. Mm -hmm. And so you would walk down the hall and you would hear, you know, Coltrane and John Lee Hooker and uh, Hendrix. First time I ever heard Hendrix. And I was big into R&B and blues, you know, which was weird for, you know, a, a kid from the suburbs. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I just loved this music. And so we kind of bonded over that. And he saw that I had uh, an affinity for drawing. And he gave me the best advice I ever got, which was take a sketchbook with you everywhere you go. Nice. And uh, that was, it was at a time in, in in my life where, you know, you're kind of looking for your place in junior high. Like you're not a jock, you're not a brain, where do you fit in? Mm -hmm. And I, I, he kind of clued me in, oh, you're, I'm an artist. That's, that's what I am. That's, that's what I do. Um, and so, you know, after that, that was, um, that really, uh, uh, gave me some direction because my my drawing before that point was kind of aimless like I was I was drawing but I didn't really know what to do or or how to go about improving mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so um you know that was when I started to take it seriously and and really think about it as oh yeah I could actually do this nice yeah yeah uh, I love the story of uh well two prong here first meeting your heroes and they're they're actually heroes and very kind people with larry hama and then uh of course being a teacher love the story of a of a teacher that makes a, a positive impact in that way too uh oh, you yeah, mentioned... he was great sorry oh no no after you after you no I, i'm done <laughs> okay <laughs> um you mentioned before i hit record that you've also been involved in sharing comics literacy uh, with young people as well. Do you would you care to talk a little bit about that? Um, sure. It, it was um, you know I, I don't want to make it sound like more than it was. It was um, a very loose. Uh, we call, we called it Comics Club, and it was done at my daughter's school. And we did it during the school day. It was we ran it out of the library, and we had on the average about forty kids a week who would show up. And uh, it was part of the STEM program. 
Uh-huh. And so, um, you know, what I would do is I would bring in piles of comic books and I would talk very loosely about storytelling and thinking about cause and effect with regards to storytelling. You know, you would need to set something up in this panel so that when you need that later on in the story, you've already established it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thinking about uh, design in terms of, you know, making sure that things kind of flowed from from one panel to the next and from one page to the next. But uh, I stayed away from conversations about style because uh, we, we they were they're fourth graders. Uh-huh. And the main thing you want is you want them to enjoy drawing and you don't want them to be discouraged by anything you know it, it is a, a wide open field and that was another thing that i did was you know i brought in comics that were everything from uh you know bruce tim batman animated to tiny tunes mm-hmm. to uh you know mainstream batman and superman and stuff like that um and then you know other things that they might not normally see like mouse yeah um, so yeah. that way they saw that there is no right way or wrong way to draw or to tell a story. Mm-hmm. As long as your reader is able to understand the story you're telling, the idea that you're trying to get across, it's all fair game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, I'll say that initially the teachers were not excited about the prospect of Comics Club. But what they saw over time was that Kids were excited to come to Comics Club, and it was something they could use as a carrot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that way, you know, they, if they got their work done or they behaved that day, or if they didn't behave that day, they didn't get to come to Comics Club. Um, and so my daughter, or my child now, is going into uh, eighth grade. And when I see those kids today, uh, they still ask me about it. Unfortunately, oh, we, we did this the year before COVID. And yeah. After COVID, it just never came together again, which it's a bummer um, because, you know, I think back to my experience with my art teacher and how he changed my life and uh, having access to people who were professional artists over the course of my life uh, impacted me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll tell you another quick story. My, my father, um, there's a writer named Dean Coons. He writes horror, kind of like yeah. Stephen. King. I mean, he's you know one of the, he's one of those guys who, who's known. Um, his wife was my dad's secretary. Oh, cool! And so when I was a kid, we went out to California to visit, and um, so you know, my dad was always is uh, he's an IBMer, you know, business suit, very kind of um, you know stiff worldview not not into the arts kind of a guy not mm-hmm. not a bad guy just, you know the arts just aren't part of his world so anyway we went out to see uh dean and his wife jerda and um so we walk into this house and it's this huge beautiful house and uh he shows us pencil drawings for the new cover to his next book which was called twilight eyes and it was just these amazing drawings and he said that the artist was a teacher and this was you know this drawing is something he does in his spare time. Um, and so what I observed as a kid, I was, you know, nine, 10, 11, maybe somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was responding to this guy, Dean is a creative 
and he's got this beautiful house and he's obviously doing well. And here he is, you know, showing off this artwork. And as a kid that registered for me that, oh, I, I can do this. This is, you can make a living with your imagination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so that, again, that contact, having that proximity to someone who is a, a working creative, in this case, a writer, um, it, it had an impact on me that this is something that's possible. This isn't something that people only do in this part of the country or that part of the country. This was a guy from Harrisburg who mm-hmm. made it big. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was one of the bummers of, of the comics club not being around anymore was that I was excited about the prospect of bringing in my friends artists and writers who were all excited to call into this class and talk to these kids about hey i'm i'm a writer on this tv show or hey i'm i'm uh, i'm a cover artist for spider-man or or mm-hmm. whatever it might be and uh so there were so many of us you know artists that were excited about spreading the gospel of you can do this mm-hmm. it's going to take mm-hmm. hard work but uh you know this is something that you can do and if you have a talent and an interest and you work hard it's possible nice Um, nice i love that and i love that connection with authors creators um because it can seem like such an ethereal like who actually does these things kind of thing right yeah it's it, it you know you bump into it all the time you know just with meeting other parents of my you know kids at school and stuff and you know their dads are doctors and lawyers but doing the kind of stuff I do. It's just not something that people run into quite as often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I always like to ask about like current creative directions as well. uh, And anything future that you'd like to dabble in that you want to talk about. Um, I spent most of the last decade working in animation and, um, and character design. Mm -hmm. I haven't Mm -hmm. done quite as much comics as I used to. Um, and the the itch to work in comics is still there. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, and I hate to get into this kind of stuff, but it's just a lot more lucrative to do animation than yeah. it is comics. And yeah. the, the quality of life for, you know, comics is a grind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a grind. And, and uh, especially when you have a family, and you uh, have bills to pay and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the, the the prospect of spending 10 or 12 hours on a page to make this much money versus working on something for, you know, an animation project where, you know, your, your hourly rate is not too far off from what comics will pay you for the entire day's work. Mm-hmm. And I wish I wish I was exaggerating, but that's the reality. You know, comics page rates in uh, in comics have really not changed since when I started uh, almost twenty years ago. Wow, wow, yeah. yeah. But that that speaks to um, just changes in the industry that need to happen. But then also, uh, I have so many students who um, enjoy the arts, enjoy creating. And you ask them, well, what do you want to do? I, I want to be an animator or I want to work in video games or whatever that happens to be. So also really powerful that 
you are a person who does those things. Uh, you know, again, it, you know, it, it's it's part of when when comics work was drying up, being able to do other things, uh, you know, save me, you know, mm -hmm. save my career. And and um, it, you know, for me, drawing is drawing. And whether you're telling a story in a single image or in a full page, um, you know, a lot of the problem solving is the same. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, um, you know, I, again, you know, I'll say, you know, one of the things that I, I end up talking to younger artists about is they, and I was guilty of it too, you tend to get blinders on, like, I want to do comics, 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 and you miss opportunities for other things and other things that you might enjoy. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, again, I, I think being able to do a lot of things, or at least being um being able to uh for lack of a better term speak the lingo mm -hmm. to you know take on assignments that might challenge you um i think it's an important thing to do um you know to build a career and and feed yourself but um you know a lot of the things that i learned in animation uh i've been able to apply to comics and vice versa love it love it and again, just speaking to that flexibility uh, that you have, love that. Um, anywhere that listeners can go to check out your animation work, check out your comics work, uh, points of contact, anything like that that you would point people to is kind of a, an almost final question, unless there's anything else that you want to share. Uh, I would say, you know, the, the <laughs> I, I've been uh, I've been thankfully very busy the last couple of years. So I've been uh, not great at updating my website <laughs> and, um, you know, just the nature of the kind of work I do, I have to sign a lot of, of uh, non-disclosure agreements. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. there are things that I've worked on that I can't show off. And so, um, you know, I, I, the project that I'm on now, I'm not allowed to talk about, but I've been uh, drawing like a beast for months and I can't show any of it. <laughs> So, um, my my Instagram is is probably the the thing that's most up to date. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the the fine folks at Adult Swim uh, have been keeping me very busy the last few years, doing a lot of stuff for uh, Rick and Morty, mm -hmm. uh, and more recently, I've been working on things for a, a newer show uh, called Teenage Youth in Asia. And so I've been able to post those things as they've been released. But again, you know, there's also uh, wide swaths of of work that i'm unable to post or talk about under wraps until i wish i had date. something more exciting to say that's actually exciting you know it's that mystery box it's like what could it be that's inside that yeah. box so that works well um so i'll make sure that when we're talking about this the instagram floats up for those that are watching the video or it's linked in the description for the podcast so that people can go and check it out that would be great i'd appreciate that and absolutely uh, you know, and, and uh, if you have any other questions, if there's anything that um, I can clarify or, or anything like that, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Right. And, and you know, thank you for doing something like this. It's, it's great that there are teachers out there that are, um, you know, bridging this uh, uh, gap. I know that in schools, there's not a huge amount of arts education 
uh, as when I was growing up. And, and that was part of why we started, you know, the comics club is that there just wasn't an opportunity for kids to do that stuff. And there's so much interest in kids with comics and it just, it just broke my heart that, um, there, this information is out there and, and there are, you know, dads and moms working in comics who, you know, we want to share this information with kids because, you know, we're, we want that next generation to be excited and and, and prepared to, yeah. uh, to know what they're getting into so that it's not just a mystery to uh, parents and also to kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of, I'm thinking of starting a comics club this year. So uh, may the oh, conversation continue. Yeah, yeah. I, that's as long as my administration says yes, that's the plan. Um, so uh, I appreciate the kind words and, and glad to do this and glad to talk with people that um, have that passion. Anything I can do to help, uh, I'm happy to send across. Um, you know, I had stuff uh, like, you know, handouts that had covered like you know, basic, not, uh, not anatomy, but like, you know, the, the human head, you know, is this compared to the chest and, you know, the arm and, uh, you know, just breakdowns of, of uh, how to draw the figure and, uh, and then some basic storytelling stuff and even just some handouts for page layouts and, and possible, you know, uh, storytelling ideas for kids. That's so, wonderful. Uh, Anything that anything that I can throw your way or or any teachers in general, like I wish there was a resource that uh, teachers could go to and just download this stuff and mm-hmm. hand it out to interested kids. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And I will take you up on that. Great. Great.